ready to figure this thing out? Let's do it. Let's solve racism. Okay, so I don't think that it is going to be a surprise to any of our listeners that Scott and I are both in our 30s, white, cisgendered men. So Half white over here. As far as us adding insight and knowledge to the conversation, we might be the wrong leaders for that. Yeah, even if you are the astronauts who made it safely off this Earth and get to avoid everything that's going to be happening for the next few months, you are still aware of what has been going on for the past few weeks, and you can't be oblivious to the situation anymore. For listeners who might not know Scott and I well, both of us live in Minnesota. I previously lived right downtown. I lived, Scott, a quarter of a mile from where George Floyd was killed. I've been into that cup foods many times. You, on and the other hand, were... I live half a block off of Lake Street, which is where a lot of this week's events have been taking place, or this, this past week's events have taken place. Now, um, the, the cup foods that Willie is referring to is on the east side of Lake Street, which... We refer to uh, the east side of 35W uh, that splits down. That's our main interstate. I live on the west side of Lake Street, just eight blocks from where everything is happening. And yeah, it's it's been interesting to say the least. I think what it, uh, while, while you kind of like think about this, Scott, I think I, the, yeah. chal- the challenge for me and Scott is not that we don't have a lot to say. It's that in many ways, we we want the people whose voices need to be heard right now to be much louder than us. So it, it's much harder for us to want to go out and say, like, do this or do that. This It, it doesn't feel appropriate just to be just to be like abundantly clear for me. And I'll, I'll speak for me, Scott. You can reiterate or just say ditto if you want to. But I am a firm believer that Black Lives Matter and we need to be doing better. Who I am, my family, every everybody, we need to be doing better. For for instance, and we'll talk a little bit going into this about some of the things that we've done or some of the ways that you guys can support. I was called to action by a, a ton of social media that if you have family members, immediate family members, who maybe don't see their privilege, or maybe like in, in my case, my parents who... Both of my parents are Republican, and I have tried to distance myself the best that I could from their ideologies, but this felt like a call to action. I have not told you this yet, Scott, but I called my dad. We were talking, and I was trying to just see where he's at and try to correct his language and and help him understand why this specific event is a catalyst for a much larger conversation that needs to be had. I reached the point where I said, if you cannot have an adult conversation and you are part of the problem, I am no longer going to be your son. Wow. I did that conversation uh, three days ago. I support you in that conversation because I agree. It needs to be had. It needs to be had all over. And just to lean into the politics side of thing, like my parents, we don't talk about politics all that much, but I know for a fact that my mom is a Democrat. And even though she would be supportive of everything, you know, that leans left. She still 
unaware of what privilege is and what it means as a as a society to have the privilege, even if you've earned it, you know, even if in your mind you've worked the same job really hard and grinded for everything that you have right now, like the system propped you up. So I had to have that kind of conversation. I had to explain like why everybody else has been disenfranchised or disadvantaged and why they, you know, even if they had worked in the same way at the same job, they still wouldn't have been able to do what you did just based on the color of your skin. My parents grew up in northern Minnesota. My dad, on the other hand, in the summers would go to Texas, which is where my his, my grandma lived. So he would spend summers in Texas and winters in Minnesota. And where he lived was never in affluent neighborhoods. He had a stepdad who had been in the military and his mom didn't really have any money. So they lived in apartments and where they could get by. So for him, the hard part is he's living too much in like the past that, hey, I had the say, I lived in the same neighborhood. I was able to grow up and do these things and work this hard. And it's really challenging to try and clarify to somebody that it's not about how hard you, you worked. Nobody can take that away from you. You worked really damn hard to get what you got. But other people were not afforded certain luxuries that you literally cannot see and maybe you can. In a lot of ways, you can, but you're not looking for them. They don't see the people that never got the opportunity to work as hard. Maybe they were a harder worker. Maybe they deserve the job more, but prejudice kept them back. Yeah. And, I, and you know, if you're just focusing on yourself, which a lot of people do, and you can't blame them for doing so, you're not looking behind. You're just looking forward, right? You're driven, right. caring about yourself. But at this point in time, we need to start looking at others around us. Anybody who's had this privilege, whether you realize it or not, it's time to listen, learn. Yeah. Add to the conversation. Don't just be a passive observer. I, and right now is not the time to do that. And I do want to talk about a few of those stories this week that I think are super impactful around that. One specific one that I, I saw a lot of, and I'm going to share... But by the way, when it comes to the, the conversa conversation around Black Lives Matter and the protests that are happening around the world now, it's going to be really challenging for Scott and I to link to everything this week. So we'll do our best. But ultimately, if you go to Reddit, filter by top posts for the month or for the week, you're going to get a lot of the same posts that we're looking at right now. One that uh, I'm super uh, proud of is... Did you see the post in our pics about uh, a man named Raul Dubé? I'm going to butcher that name, and I, I'm so sorry. This man nope. sheltered 70 protesters during the second night of, of protests in Washington, D.C. Did you see this? Okay, so I, I believe he's Indian or Pakistani. He was sitting out on his, his stoop watching... All the protesters leave, and as things started to escalate and the uh, police started to push them back, he recognized that these people uh, of all races and nationalities and ages needed a safe place to shelter away from the police coming at them. So he opened his door and he let 70 protesters in, regardless of who they were. He just opened his door to them and locked the I door. Yeah. And the police tried to say that he's not allowed to do that and tried to question him on his safety. There's a, a video floating around of him 
talking to the police through the the grate in his door because he wouldn't open the door. And he's like, nope, these are all my friends. These are, are all people that are allowed to be here. You you can't come into my place. I've done nothing wrong. He even ordered pizza from a local pizza shop, called the owner and said, hey, here's what's happening. Here's what I'm doing. How, how can we get how can we get this to happen? So the owners drove through the back alley and covertly brought the food into his house to make sure that everybody was safe and fed. That's awesome. That's what we really need. Just people being good and doing good in their community. How do you feel about the plethora of people on Instagram reposting story after story or or image and, and message after message? What are your thoughts? When it comes to Instagram, my philosophy has always been I want to post pictures on there that I've taken and that I've edited myself and I think look good and I think others would want to see. I don't post very often, but it's usually like a place that I've been to. I don't take pictures of rocks or flowers and try to get tens of thousands of followers. I'm not trying to be an influencer. I just like to take pictures and that's that's the app I post my pictures on, right? I don't post it anywhere else on any other social media. So when I look at all of my, because those are mostly the people I actually follow, people I know, I will, I'll look for the same thing. I'll look mm-hmm. like, oh, this person went here. They did a nice job editing the photo. I'm going to like that one. If it's just kind of like a day-to-day thing, like I'm playing with my kids or I went to Dairy Queen and this is the ice cream cone they made me, like I'm not going to like that. I just don't care. I scroll by. What did so you- this past week, <laughs> this past week, everything's turned into activism or a lack of activism on some people's parts because of just, I guess, straight up looking for. The people I was looking for, like, all right, who are you? How do I know you? What are you posting? Is it adding to the conversation? Is it tone deaf? Are you blatantly racist? Like, I was looking to, like, unfollow. But thankfully, I haven't do a single one because I only follow nice people or people who actually want to help and I was, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I was just kind of surprised that I didn't have a single person that I had to unfollow because of ignorance. In the last episodes, I, I linked to the Mad Men quote, the, the one we were talking about. And it's just some like writer who says to Don Draper, this young writer goes, I feel bad for you. And as the door opens to the elevator, he looks at him and goes, I don't think about you at all. Just walks away. Yeah. He doesn't do it in a condescending way. He does it in a way of like, I don't care. And I have reached that same point. We talked about this in the last episode. I, I think mm-hmm. more than ever, if if there's an individual who I, I don't see the worth in challenging them, I don't know if it's if it's worth the time and the energy. While I do believe that your effort should be put towards the vast majority of people who just need help and understanding. Agreed. If you can strengthen your circle of friends, I think that's doing enough if you are unable to do anything else, right? Like You don't have to go out there and change people's minds. Sometimes you just can't do it. So you have to move on. There's a lot of people I've just kind of cut off ties with just because they weren't bringing anything to my life. I wasn't bringing anything to their life. We just went on separate paths. And that's okay, life. Yeah. There were a couple friends who were posting like regular everyday things uh, a couple days into the protests. And I was like, well, that's a warning. You know, like, I don't know if you're doing it just because you're not paying attention. You don't read news. Like, what's what's going on? But within a couple of days, pretty much every single person had 
posted something and they weren't just doing the the black blank screen right you know it was it was a retweet of somebody whose voice could be uplifted who was actually educating who knew somebody who's been affected by this and raised their voice up yeah. so i was impressed the work that i specifically have to do is a lot of outreach it's calling a lot of people and and just talking about what's happening essentially be a counselor without the proper training to be a counselor and while doing that i didn't have the ability to be be the best advocate that i wanted to be like i wasn't able to go out and protest i wasn't able to go out and buy supplies i was making phone calls i was talking with people and i was i was trying to be as supportive as i could from afar for a lot of people it was tough because i mean the coronavirus still exists right mm-hmm. i have i have asthma so i'm compromised in a way that i too really don't want to get this coronavirus. So I also did not go out and protest. As much as I would have wanted to, I felt like I needed to. I just, I'm I'm really scared to die. <laughs> so uh, I hope everyone forgives me for not wanting to get sick. Right. I, I'm put in a position where oftentimes, even if it doesn't feel like it, sometimes in my own life, I have some luxuries in terms of pay that others don't. So one of the best things that I could do is people that I've worked with, people that are out there doing things, anytime they were saying like, here are the the resources we need, here are the places that we need support, I, I put my money to action and I'm giving as much as I can. And I don't think that that's reasonable expectation for everyone. Scott, what is this book that you have been told to get and you planned on buying? The The book I've seen posted a lot and it is called How to Be Anti-Racist. And Willie, the author's name, I believe you just went and got it on Audible. The author's name is... Ibrahim Kendi. The book is called How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibrahim X. Kendi. On Audible, if you have an Audible membership, you can get it with one of your free credits that you get every month. Otherwise, I believe the book is $13. Or you can get it through your local library. There's a ton of free ways to get the book. And maybe you should buy it just because... Yeah. Probably support a good cause. One of the other things that was really eye-opening to me was having organizations, politicians that are are speaking out and being outspoken about everything that's happening. What are your thoughts about the mayor of DC painting the front road in front of the White House with a mural that says Black Lives Matter? I have two uh, images that I will link in the, the show notes of them painting what looks like three or four blocks long, the words Black Lives Matters from top to bottom, from the top of the street to the bottom of the street. It's two blocks long and it goes right up to the edge of the White House. I fucking love it. They they also, they the, the mayor also renamed the plaza, I believe right in front of the White House. Like, I think is it Black Lives Matter Plaza now? It is. Okay. Yeah, that's great. And especially considering the response that we've gotten from the White House, just keep doing it. I know for here, where where we live in Minneapolis, if you were to go walk down the street from where I live, it looks like we are about to be hit by a hurricane, or it, at least it did. Every single business that had glass windows on Lake Street and for several blocks. Several blocks. Oh, we went two miles down Nicollet and saw it. Yeah, miles away from where where any of the unrest, protests, rioting happened. 
it honestly looked like we were about to be hit by a hurricane. There was plywood on every single window. And on so, in some cases, two floors had plywood. All of that started getting covered up by art. Like local artists started going around and turning blank, light beige plywood into beautiful murals revolving around Black Lives Matter, George Floyd, you know, everyone coming together and uniting and finally standing up against racism. And for people who've been, you know, who haven't gotten supported, people who haven't gotten supported their entire life. Let me make a point that this is not to say that Minneapolis needs to be the global hotspot for this, but I know a lot of eyes are on us right now. And since we are here, one of the things I will link in the show notes, Scott, is people that I follow on Instagram who are posting what I think are really great photos of the area. So if you want to see some some imagery, some visual journalism of what's happening in our community, I will link those so that you guys can peek in. Some of these people are just local people. So don't go spamming it. But if you want to see images, go for it. So the art, I feel, is kind of just one small thing. It's, it's a way for people to react and communicate how they're feeling, how they want change, how they need other people to support them. Another way is through action. And I know right now, at least I would hope so, that reform has to come out of this. Like it must. We can't have what is now turned into global retaliation against racism and prejudice have nothing come of it. I don't know about you, Willie, but there's been many times in my life where I've just been sitting around thinking, like, how can we make things better? Of all, of all the things we can do as humanity, how are we going to change things in a positive direction? Because for a long time, it's just been nothing but negativity, right? And I'm not just talking about the last three years. Even the last two weeks. Worldwide riots and protests seems like a good first step. But if nothing changes, like I honestly don't know what we do. So it's good to see that at least some things are being done. One of the things I, I liked was that earlier this week, the mayor of Birmingham told protesters that if they stopped trying to dismantle a Confederate monument, that he would have it removed safely within 24 hours. And a lot of people could take that just as lip service, but the city did it. They took down the statue. I, I think they it's took a, down that, you know, that statue that a lot of people would hate to have taken down because they don't agree with rewriting history or whatever. But this mayor came through. He said, we would change this. We take down this symbol of slavery and racism. And he did it. Yeah. And that's what, we, that's what I want to see. More action. Words are shit without action. Yeah. And, and that right there, just, just to be abundantly clear, is a beautiful example of a system doing what it's currently built to do. But that's, that right now is an outlier. So as we think about those types of actions, right, neither Scott nor I will say that rioting, looting is negative when there's a system that's currently built to quiet voices. There isn't a right way to protest by definition. That's just how it works. So I'm happy in this moment that there was real action that was put there. I would love to see other action take place. And it's made me question this whole last two weeks. Like, am I doing the right thing with my time and my, and my life and my career? Should I be doing something that's more impactful? And I, and I don't know. What do you think? 
yeah, this this whole week has really caused a lot of self-reflection in me for the same exact question. I don't know if I can go on doing what I'm doing and feel good about myself knowing that there's still so much injustice in the world. And it's going to take time for me to work through that. I know we work for a company that is, I guess, does well when it comes to inclusion and diversity and helping people believe that they are worth just as much as everyone else. But, you know, you still have to review, is it enough? Could we be doing more? The company we work for is big. Are they supposed to be the person or corporation that leads the charge? Right. We can only hope they get better from this. You right. know? They've been doing some good things, but everybody can get better until everybody's equal. You, everybody can do better. Yeah. As far as the conversation around this goes, we're, we're really open to people's thoughts, concerns, specifically revolving around words that we've said. If something is off or if we're not conveying our thoughts well, email us. The conversation doesn't end here, obviously, but in terms of the podcast to try and put kind of a bow around this, Reddit has been a great place for news regarding what's happening, some of which is questionable, the majority of which, just based on how the system works, has been really credible information. So feel free to email us if you have any thoughts or questions for us as well. And it's at subforthatpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, Willie, do you like to drink? Boy, do I. What's your favorite type of booze? I really like a good gin. Well, if you're looking for a great gin, vodka, whiskey, and other liquors, then you should head on over to Dunord Craft Spirits. Now, normally, they'd be open and booming in business right now, but COVID has kind of closed them down. So, instead of supporting them, they've started a GoFundMe for the Dunord Riot Recovery Fund. This will help black and brown businesses affected by the riots here in Minneapolis. Link is in the show page. One of the ways that we want to continue to allow our platform to benefit those around us and, and those Black-owned businesses is, for the time being, we're going to allow free advertising to those businesses if they want it. So thank you to Dunord, and please take a look at their GoFundMe if you're able to donate. Scott, a few episodes back, I was telling you about a, a couple of nicotine-free vapes that I ordered. Do you remember this? How can I forget? So I have them. And I mean, how large would you say this is? Willie's showing it to me right now over video. It looks like a stick of gum, not even like the width of a pack of gum. It looks like a USB drive, like a really long flash drive. Like like stack two flash drives together. That would make sense. So this vape, which again, to, to make it clear, if you go back to that episode, I do not advise anybody to purchase this. But what I'll tell you is the other night, with all of the stresses that were happening around us, I decided that I was going to take three puffs of my melatonin vape. How quickly do you think I was asleep? Like like asleep, asleep, not just like tired, but like out. I think the better question would be, when did you wake up? How many days later? This is going to be the surprising part. Answer the first part and I'll tell you the next part. I think, I don't think you got to fully count backwards from 10. Like, I don't think you made it to five. I was asleep in under 10 minutes, like fast asleep in less than 10 minutes. And I felt it, I felt it hit my eyes. Like, you know, that like burning sensation of like, I need to be asleep uh, like an hour ago. It immediately hit me and I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, I'm going to be asleep now. I then woke up wide awake 
bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at like 7.30 in the morning. Fell asleep at like 10.45 at night. So the real question is, I guess, how much lung damage did you do? And is it worth it? I probably could have just fallen asleep on my own and been more than fine. But as a, as a test for someone who, like me who can easily fall asleep, it, it was great. And, and I enjoy it. You know, the other thing that is really interesting, I, I don't mean to bring up the vape. Don't buy the vape. I'm not even going to tell you what their company name is anymore. I just uh, want to make things clear that this amazing product that worked for you and had no bad side effects in the immediate, you definitely don't want to have. So did you ever see the movie Walk Hard? No, I didn't. Okay. Basically, there's a couple scenes where he's this young, innocent musician and he walks in on somebody, a friend doing drugs. And he's like, what's that? And he's like, this is called cocaine. And he lists off all the positives that like doing drugs, like <laughs> it keeps you wide awake and you're able to do so much and you don't have to sleep or eat, but you definitely don't want to try this, man. And as I'm describing this, Willie is taking another puff. Let's see if you can make it to the end of this recording. Like, I imagine you're just going to pass out at the keyboard. No, no, I took the caffeine one, Scott. I'm going to be wide fucking oh, awake. Okay. <laughs> okay, on the path uh, to change my fitness strategy and have a more fit lifestyle, something hit really hard, really at home today. So they're uh, from the subreddit Funny. Somebody said, finally, a mannequin that shows how the shirt will really fit. Did you see this? No, but I want to. I'm going to send you the photo and then I want you to describe it to people because my God, man, when I looked at this, I was like, ooh, for, for those of us that like to rock dad bods, this it, it's hard when we've reached the point where now we are, we're showing mannequins like this. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You know, as somebody who likes to make light of a lot of things, right now, the first joke that came to my head that's super inappropriate is that representation matters. And this mannequin is probably indicative of more people than not when it comes to who maybe shop at this store. Like, I don't know what they're going for, but it's a pot-bellied mannequin with moves. Yeah. Now, here's the deal. They're wearing a Henley, and you can see man boobs and beer belly. It's, it's important that we recognize that body positivity is very much a thing and that we should all be advocating that there's nothing wrong with this, right? This, I think, in and of itself is a good step forward in saying like, hey, consumer, I recognize you for who you are. Here's how our product is going to fit on you. And I don't think that says any that speaks negatively. I think this image is something that shows something positive. But as somebody who is like really working hard at trying to lead a more fit lifestyle. This was just like, oh man, this is real. This is the image that I want to try and get myself out of. And who knows what they were going for, but I hope it was the former rather than trying to shame people. Because as somebody who has looked like that at my most when I was 300 pounds, somebody who looked exactly like that mannequin and maybe a little bit wider, you know, (laughs) I'm never going to shame anybody for wherever they're at in their journey. Even if it's, I think I look great like this, then I think you look great like that too. All I know is that if I saw that, my first reaction would be, okay, this place has definitely set a market that they're trying to identify and connect with. So good for them. It's a good business strategy, if anything. If you know that this is who shops at your store, this is what they're going to wear, why not show them exactly... why not make the mannequin do exactly what it's supposed to do? 
Oh, absolutely. Good for them, I guess. I don't know the context of the photo. Does it say anything in the comments? Nothing. The top comment is, put some New Balance shoes on this thing, take it over to the yard and garden, and park a lawnmower in front of of it next to the barbecue grill, and that pallet of igloo coolers that just came in, perfect dad representation. Oh my gosh, yeah. And you know, that's probably what it is. It's some marketing genius was like, hey, we know who we know who shops here. We know that dad's coming in while, you know, son and daughter and wife are going to these other stores. This is where they're coming. So he was given his weekly allowance and this is what he's going to buy. It's probably in the back room of some like local like fishing and outdoorsy shop. Like well, in- I wouldn't put that in the back room. I would have that greet people as they walked into the, you know, <laughs> Cabela's. <the> yeah. <laughs> it's got Crocs on their feet. That or New Balances and, and socks up past the ankles. Got to do it. Oh, man. I really want to buy a pair of New Balance, but I just really feel like I can't you know, embrace that look. Super, they're so comfy. Are they really? Is that why, is that why dad buys them? Dad's buy when them. I was at, when I was at my heaviest, I wore New Balances because they were so comfy. And oh. I got the hiking shoes because, you know, I wanted to go outside more. So I was rocking like black and gray orange new balances with the 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 trail shred yeah my dad wears the white new balances that are so popular and good for him they're made for a reason they know their market i'm not ready to do that i have switched to a more uh, a runner shoe what are now. you doing R- sometimes i'm running or yeah. riding bike and i'm not a dad yet so i'm not ready to commit to that look although i'd like to keep the weight off just for health reasons you can be one of those fit dads. One of those ones where like, if you had a daughter and they brought all their friends over, they'd be like, did you see Karen's dad? <laughs> I would wreck that. We can only hope, right? Let's just hope that you don't name your child Karen. All right. So what I probably, so what I, I don't know if there's a real good way to end the show, Willie, but we got to do it. We can't just keep talking forever. So I, I kind of want to end on something that's semi-serious and semi-funny. That's what I've kind of struggled with this past week is somebody who's enjoyed laughing and then having to question whether I can laugh again without feeling some sort of guilt and shame. So I'm going to go to memes. And one of my favorite memes from this past week was a picture of a a cartoon. I believe it is from the DC animated series. The top caption is time traveler. Hey, what year is this? And I respond 2020. And he goes, has it happened yet? And I say, what? And he goes, the disaster. And my response is, do you have the slightest idea how little that narrows it down? Oh, no. It's so true. When you were reading that, I was like, which which one? Which disaster right. are we speaking of? We're just halfway through. There was other memes where I believe a meteor or comet and a UFO pulled up next to each other and were like, oh, I'm sorry. Was it your turn? And the other one was like, no, 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 you go first. Because we have no idea. Just hopefully it gets better, but it's still trying to, like, I believe it was June 1st and there was an Ebola outbreak on top of everything else that's going. Wait, there was? Another one. Now, there is an Ebola vaccine or there's at least treatment meds, if not a full cure. So I haven't heard much from it, but it was trending not even 24 hours into June. And so the torrid pace of 2020 continues. And I also saw memes where it was December 31st at 11.59 and everybody was like smiling. And then the clock turned to 11.60 and people were like, what? <laughs> what is happening? 
why is it still going? Yeah, this has been a, in terms of like social conversations and world events. This has been quite the challenging year. We're on month sixth of the year. Are we? Yeah. And yeah. I don't think it's going to slow down. And I think it's a good call to action for us, Scott, to kind of like bring the tone back for a minute that if we're not enjoying the year that we want to have, then we better push so that our future years are the ones that we want. And not just our own. No. Everybody's future years. Yeah. I've had to to tell this story to a lot of people as I called them this week, but I hope that you and I get to sit on our porch as old men or for listeners, old people, you're sitting on your porch and you're looking back and you're like, man, I went through some really rough times. I went through some ups and downs. But do you remember back then when all that stuff happened and I did something about it and you can be proud of all of the things that you did from that point forward to make your life, to make the world a better place? I think if anything, if you're the one sitting on your couch right now and you're thinking to yourself like, what the hell do we do? That is your that, that is your ticket to get on the bus and get shit done. Absolutely. Be the change that you want to see. If you're ready to take it to the r slash next fucking level, or maybe you want to see some r slash justice served, or maybe you just think something's really r slash interesting as fuck, reach out on email or social media at Scott Corolla and WildMN293 on Twitter, or email us at subforthatpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, just like our namesake, there's, there's a, a sub, sub for that. that.